This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning as we slide, well, skid into the uh, No, the camera the actually wasn't on me, so I think it's okay. I was just, yeah, Marilyn, we were having a nice little <laughs> chat. Well, Marilyn Wesson was just, you know, yes. exiting the studio. Slowly. And she says, would you remind the folks that I have a fabulous store at 200 Spadina, mm-hmm. and she's got uh, one-size-fits-all stuff. Starting at five dollars. Wow! So yeah, yeah. So yeah, umbrellas, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I said, I'll give you a little plug. So well, there you there go, Marilyn. Yeah, yeah. two hundred spadina. Okay. Now, oh, this is the garden show. It is. Yes, and I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden on a rotten-looking. Can't day, even see out Charlie. the window. The window yeah. is completely covered in liquid. Yikes! Yikes! I wish it was snow. But... So uh, we're, what we're doing here is looking for phone calls. <laughs> Really? I'm soliciting some phone calls. For sure, for so sure. let me get the phone number on the air here. Uh, for Toronto, you want to talk to Charlie Dobbin, our master gardener? All righty. Here's the number, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. little mantra goes this way. Call early, call often, one question per call. And if you, you know, you can't want to squeeze that second call in, give us a call back. <laughs> That's okay? right. And if you're a first time caller, please let uh, Duncan, our mm-hmm. operator, know, and he'll let me know. And then before you get to the airways, yeah, you get your garden wings, okay? And everybody needs garden wings, yeah, particularly absolutely. on a wet day like yeah. today, unless you yeah. just want to stay in bed. I mean, I yeah. understand that as well. Well, you know, it was so pretty at our place uh, yesterday, two days ago, <laughs> yeah. And now it's just all, uh, and Shirley's having all her exercise girls over. Today? Yeah, about, Ew. I don't know, 12, 14, the gals, yeah, in rotten. The muck. Yeah, yeah. Too bad. You need like too bad. You need like some really handsome man who could sort of pick them up out of their cars and carry <laughs> them into the house one at well, a time. But I'm here. <laughs> I'm busy. I wasn't I really thinking I can't of you. I'm running back home to do that. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Uh, okay. So yes. Before I say another word, oh, yeah. Uh, big shout out to Natalie Cox. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Natalie! Is one of the students in my first year. Um, horticulture principals class at Durham College. And last yesterday, just yesterday, we had our very last class of the semester. And it was a test, you know, yeah. final test exam. I was racing in there a few minutes after the hour, having made all my photocopies, forgetting that both Natalie and another student who works at Cinnabon had asked me if they could bring in treats for the final class. Oh. And there it was, a mountain of cinnamon <laughs> buns goods. and baked goods. Natalie had made some wonderful homemade cupcakes that were just melt in your mouth delicious so um you know thank you to both chris and natalie for bringing in the treats but you know thanks to the whole class for just being a, a fun engaged uh, enthusiastic yeah. class they're really they're quite a lot of fun i enjoy them well happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear, dear natalie, natalie. 
Happy birthday to you. There we are. Very nice. Uh, it, but you know what? It is interesting when you have a class like that. Because I on Friday nights, I leave the, the college and then I go and have dinner with my dad. Yeah. I'm finished my lab at four o'clock. Uh-huh. I try to get to my dad for six o'clock. Invariably, I'm running late. And he's like, why are you so late? And I'm going, because the students wouldn't leave. <laughs> they keep wanting to talk. They keep well, wanting to share you stuff. You are so engaging. Ask questions. It's just so funny. And I'm like, I got to go. It's like, but but one more thing. And it's like, yeah. it's just really cute. I like them. <laughs> All right. They're good class. Good. Okay. So there's that. you have that. a little announcement or two? Uh, nope. Nope. We're oh. at that time. Well, hold okay, on. Or do I? I mean, I have some emails I'm happy to share, but I think everything. Nope. Okay. Because we got, we got callers getting stacked up here. It's good. It's and, good. Uh, we're, uh, we're on no. the runway. You see, everything's I'm, I'm waving them in. done. <laughs> okay. It's, we're at the Christmas season. I mean, there's yeah. some of the Hort societies are doing Christmas social events mm-hmm. more than yeah. anything, but uh, otherwise it's, uh, it's the season for shopping and decorating. And yeah. Elliot and I are hosting a Christmas party tomorrow. Oh. Oh, isn't that neat? Yeah. Okay. So he's making latkes and I'm baking a ham. Well, good on I Elliot. thought that was a nice combination. All right. Super. <laughs> You'll have to let, let us know next week how everything went. I will. Yeah, it's for some of our, our new neighbors, our okay. local, new local Lucky Prince them. Edward County. Lucky them. Well, yes, indeed. It should <laughs> be fun. All right. Now, we're going to be back in just a moment. We have to take a commercial break here, Charlie. Okay. Uh, coming back to say hi to Lorraine here in T.O. Back in a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, on this rather cold and dank Saturday morning, let's dank. cheer things You love things that up. word, I do. dank. <laughs> it's You're like darn right. Frank says dank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Just around the corner, maybe. Who knows? Lorraine, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Lovely day. Eh? Oh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Okay. Question. Uh, Charlie, mm. I have some Rosa Sharon, I guess now they're now trees. They started off at little bushes from seeds I didn't plant. Oh, yeah. And they're about 15 feet tall, and I want to trim them down. Is it? I guess it's too late now. Would I do it in the spring, or...? Uh, you could do it now, or you could do it in the spring. Now, today not being a good day because it's too wet. Oh, yes, so we definitely. do all our trimming on dry days. But uh, the time to trim Rose of Sharon, your question, your timing is good, because the time to trim it is after they flower. So, of course, they flower late in the summer, early in the fall. Yes. They're now probably covered in little fruits, which are full of seeds, which are going to start more little Rose of Sharon trees for you. Mm-hmm. So you yes. can, if you can get out on a dry day anytime in the next month, go for it. Otherwise, just wait till early spring. Okay, now the bottom of it is like uh, about six inch round, mm-hmm. and the top is all those nice branches, beautiful flowers. Now, how low would I trim them so I wouldn't have just branches, uh, a stump sitting there, so to speak? Well, you can't do much about that that stump at the very bottom. That is yes. just an indicator of the age of the plant. Yeah, um, about if, 10 years, I think. Yeah, if you look, is there any um, branching on that main trunk towards the bottom? No, not branching off. They just grew like a little tall tree, and we just left them for our privacy, and yeah. now they're really big, but they're sort of going towards the roadside of our property, the front of our our house. Okay, so at what so, height does the first branch come off the main trunk? I'd say maybe four feet. Mm. So yeah. that's what you're going to do. You're, you, you're going to want to leave those lower branches. Yeah. <clears throat> 
The rule of thumb is to never remove more than a third of a plant at a time. So if they're as much as 15 feet tall, I'd be looking at bringing them down by five or six feet, um, which is going to leave you lots of branching at the bottom. But but don't just sort of top the whole thing. Do some extra pruning down on some of the the big branches. And then next year, so in 2020, Mm -hmm. you'll be in the position to, again, take a third off. So you you can, over a period of time, bring them down to be a smaller, bushier plant. And I think you'll find that if you do that that trimming we're talking about from 15 feet down to 8 or 9 or 10, you are going to get a bunch of new branches growing from the base of the trunk, which oh, is going to turn it into much more of a bushy plant rather than a yeah. tree. So it's up to you what, what form you want. Yeah, because I walk by them to get to my car and I get <laughs> hit in the face with the lower branches. Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, well, thank you very much. I wish you and Frank and your family and everybody at six seven forty that I listen to a very happy Christmas. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Lorraine, and to your family as well. Very nice. I I shared with Charlie something. uh, for me personally, mm. a very, very wonderful Christmas gift. I was to see my doctor yesterday. As this is your some surgeon. Of you might, yes, my surgeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you might remember I had the, uh, a cancer situation in uh, July, uh, an operation, and uh, they removed a third of my left lung. Mm. And I was, you know, every four months you have to get checked up. And yeah, you know, you, you sort of go, oh, golly, I hope everything's okay. Mm. <clears throat> Not wanting to go to that dark place, but no, you do. You do yeah. And no, clear, clear sailing. I don't have to go back for another four months. So Yay! I'm a very happy camper. Of course you, know, you are. Really we am. all are. Yep. Okay. Uh, with that, out of the and way. that's a miracle. That's a <laughs> yeah. good Christmas present. You betcha. Pat in Whitby. Hi. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Um, it's nice to hear your good news, Frank. Thank you. Um, I have a gorgeous amaryllis at, with four blooms on it. Uh-huh. Um, I would like to know the care of it when they're finished blooming, because I'd really like to keep the bulb. Uh, okay, so is, and it's done blooming now? No. Okay, no, so it's in- uh, two have gone, and uh, there's uh, one out and one bud yet to come out. Nice. And keep a, keep an eye on it because you might just end up with another flower stem coming up out of that bulb. You Sometimes they'll have multi-stems. Okay. Well, I have two right now. Okay. Good. Well, sometimes hey. you'll have three. It depends on how big and fat the bulb is. So bottom line is enjoy the flowers. Uh, you obviously are. Keep them in that sunny location. Turn the, the pot. 180 degrees every couple of days because they do tend to get top heavy and maintain that as a house plant throughout the winter and the spring. So it's just going to be green leaves eventually. The flowers will be finished. You'll uh, remove the, the flowers. They'll drop off. <clears throat> eventually, even the flower stem will shrivel up. You'll cut that out, but leave the leaves to be green, bushy, long, messy, <laughs> in your face. <laughs> it's okay. Water as necessary. And again, keep that sunny location because those green leaves are going to feed the bulb to fatten it up. So you'll have even more bigger blooms next year at this time. All right. So just keep it as a house plant. What I do is put them out for the summer. Once we're frost free, the pots go outside into the garden and leave them in the pots. Just put them outside and let them spend the entire summer outside. Round about early August, I stop watering them and I stick them in a corner where they're not going to get any rain and they're, it's sort of out of the sun and they just go dormant. So everything turns yellow. They go to sleep and then bring them in the house before we get frost and wake them up in, uh, usually mid November just by watering once and into the window. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it's oh. it's, it's, that, it's that easy. 
Uh, Pat, I, I, so, I apologize. Uh, when I bring them in in mid-November, um, there'll be new green leaves start up at that time. Once you want, well, you'll bring them in before frost, so that'll be more like September. Oh, yeah. Sure. And they'll be still just kept no water, dark corner, forget about them. When you decide you want to wake, you're going to wake them up. They're not going to start growing until you put them out into the sun and you water them once and they'll start to grow. Okay. It's up to you when you wake them up. And I shouldn't have to change the pot? No, don't. They like to be pot bound. They like to be in a pot that looks way too small. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds good. Thank Excellent. Uh, just a minute. Help. Pat, uh, I, for, I, I neglected to see that uh, Duncan had let me know that you are a first time yeah. caller. So, wait a minute. There you go. There's there your, you wings. Go. your wings. <laughs> okay. Thanks Thank for you. calling. All right. Merry Christmas. And Have a you great too. day. Uh, we're coming back to, uh, well, actually, we're going to uh, head out to Richmond Hill, your old stomping grounds, in just a couple of moments mm-hmm. to have a word with Rita. Uh, but first, these words from our fine sponsors. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And just before we get to our next caller, let me plumb the lines one more time here, all right? Uh, in Toronto, call 416-360-0740, any anywhere out of town in the province. And we do have three lines open right now. So, we do. Hey, way you go. Uh, Rita in Richmond Hill, good morning. Frank and Charlie, I need your help. My daughter had four plants left in the office, and she said, oh, I'll look after them. And she feels so bad because they're sitting on top of a rad mm. and in, in front of a, a sunny window when it's sunny. Mm. And the ends of the leaves are going black. Mm-hmm. And she just said, oh, Mom, I think I'm killing them. What do I do? <laughs> so I thought of you. Okay. So good question. I guess partly we'd want to know what kind of plants they are. But generally speaking, no plants, no house plants want to be sitting anywhere near a rad. Radiators are hot, hot and dry. And um, the last thing plants want is to be on a hot, dry. It's like televisions back in the yeah. day. Now, of course, they're the skinny little things we hang on the wall. But back in the day, a television mm. was a big box and it was hot. A and people tube. would put plants yeah. on top of them. And then they say, I don't know why my plants are dying. It's like, well, are they sitting on top of the TV? Because that's not a good spot either. So it's the, it's probably the rad that's causing part of the problem. So she do, it, depending on what they are, some plants don't need to be in full sun. So perhaps they could be more on a filing cabinet or something a little bit away from the window, depending on variety. If they are plants that require as much sun as possible to really thrive, then she's going to have to scrounge around the office and find some kind of a table that she can put in front of the window that's not right, you know, on the rad. On the, rad. Um, the plants... Uh, but often, too, we'll see the tips of plants turn black because of the watering we're doing. Tap water has a lot of chlorine in it and fluoride and various and sundry salts. And those um, very traditional amendments to our water, our drinking water, can cause the tips to turn black. So it's not that she's giving them too much. It's, just, it's because of the rad. 
Uh, it's probably a combination thing. of a few things. It's probably the rad. She could be giving them too much water. I couldn't say for sure without... Ask her maybe if she'd send a photograph because she could email me a photograph. Then I can see what plants they are and see them in the location she's got them and make some recommendations. You know, there's some, even spider plant, their tips turn all brown. They just absolutely hate all that fluoride. So rem- what, rec- what about... One more question before I forget. What happens when they go yellow at the end and when... Like some, hers have gone black at tips at the end. Mm. Sometimes mine goes yellow mm. or brown, but mm. mine's nowhere near the heater and right in front of a window or anything. Right. Yeah, again, mm. see that could go back to that water issue. Could be too much water, could be just salty or softened water yeah. if you have a water softener. So always leave your water out. Let, do that pail or big watering can and let it just sit out at least 24 hours so it'll be at room temperature and have a little less of those uh, added salts still in it because they will actually go into the air. Yeah, Yeah, so that helps. So you could try that as well as your daughter in the office. But like I said, sending me a photograph from her would probably be the best way for me to give the best advice. Let let me give you uh, Charlie's email address, okay? It's c.dobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Media. Okay. C. Dobbin at mzmedia.com. Thanks, Rita. Yeah. Thank you. Good luck with that. Happy New Year. Thank you. You (laughs) too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye for now. When you were saying that, I I remember, it might have been one of the first times you and I did the the show together, which is like 11 and a half years ago. (laughs) You're going, Charlie Dobbin. I kept going, it's not Dobbin. It's Dobbin. And you kept going, Dobbin. I'm not a a boot cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, you hold a grudge. I I know. But I mean, it's like, really? <laughs> Learn how to say my name. No, you're saying it perfectly oh, now. Lord, <laughs> it only took it, 11 years. <laughs> you see what I have to deal with, folks? Oh, I know. It's not you. easy. This is not an easy job. I know. It's horrible. And hey, I'm you know going to buy you breakfast, so stop complaining. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? i got to ring the bell. Oh, good. This is for Maxine, first-time caller nice. from the state of New York. <clears throat> Where in New York are you calling from, Maxine? I'm in Attica, New York. Oh, oh right. Okay. Welcome. I have a Meyer lemon tree, mm-hmm. and I'd just like to know how to take care of it. I, I got it last year. It's more like a little bush, mm-hmm. probably about 18 inches tall. And right now, it has five lemons on it. Of course, they look like limes, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the leaves are starting to fall off of it. I just I just wonder what I do now. So you bought it in the spring. Did you have it outside all summer? I did. Okay, so that's good. And you brought it in, obviously, in, in, like a month or two ago. Right. All right, good. Have you got it in as f- in full sun? Uh, it's in a, yes, probably five hours a day, maybe, this window. Okay, Is that and would that be like a morning sun eastern location, or would it be more? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's morning sun, yeah. Uh, okay, so it, is that the brightest spot is where you want it, the the most sunny location? It probably is. Yeah, okay. So that's good. Um, this, so, cause that any of the tropical oranges, lemons, um, and many of them are brought in. And if we can overwinter them well, we can get them back outside mm-hmm. for the next summer. And, and the fact you've got some lemons is pretty fun. So yeah, as much sun as possible. They do at this time of year often drop leaves. They, they will do a bit of a slowdown just cause those days have gotten shorter. But, you know, hallelujah, starting next week, mm-hmm. we're on the, the 
the rise in terms of our day length. <laughs> yeah, so that's I'm right. always very excited about that. So, the, but the lemons you got there are wonderful. Be careful with your watering. When you water, you're going to water quite thoroughly, but make sure the plant never sits in water. Um, okay. Room temperature is fine or slightly cooler than room temperature is all right as well. Not freezing right. temperatures, obviously, just depending on what you've got to work with in, in your place. Okay. Mist it on occasion if you've got a little mister bottle. <clears throat> they do. <clears throat> Our homes tend to be a bit dry. So avoid drafts, avoid the hot air draft mm-hmm. from the furnace or, or fireplace, avoid open windows, anything like that. So, mm-hmm. just, uh, and you'll find that those lemons will slowly but surely turn yellow and eventually you'll be able to, uh, harvest and enjoy them. And then come spring. So, you know, a few months from now, plant being happy because we will start to fertilize and this plant will appreciate some, uh, flowering plant fertilizer starting in February. Uh, you will, it hopefully will start to bloom again mm-hmm. and you'll have lemons this time again next year and it'll be a bigger plant so it'll be more lemons oh sounds good yeah so not too hard to to keep as a house plant um it just you just need that bright light and avoid all those drafts mm-hmm. okay all right thank you happy holidays to everybody and great news frank and your thank you very much situation okay Maxie. for calling yeah bless your don't heart for be calling. a stranger yeah, absolutely coffee's always on all righty uh <laughs> hey my old stomping ground st Catharines, ah, comes yes. up into play here now here's norma good morning norma oh Good morning to both of you. Good morning to you. I'm calling in about the amaryllis. I listened to the last caller, mm-hmm. the, the, the information you gave her. Yep. I brought mine in in November. Yep. Put them in a dark, um, dry place. Uh-huh. But I didn't water them. Right. That's right. No, that's what you do. You've got to let them, because when you brought them in, they had green leaves on them, oh, didn't they? Yep. The bulbs are huge. Oh, good. But uh, I went down and looked. I went down the basement and looked after the collar went off the air. Yeah. And the bulb is very dry and flaking. Okay, that's fine. Is and there's no leaves on it, right? It's all... No. Yep. Very, very good. Very normal. Middle of November. You're going to have to leave those bulbs another couple of weeks uh-huh. in the dark. No water. Just ignore them. Okay. But put them a little mark on your calendar to go down maybe New Year's Day, something like that. And at mm-hmm. that point, you could bring them upstairs into the light. And at that point, you will water them once. Oh, good. Thoroughly. And if there's a lot of flaky, then we call it a tunicate. It's a little yes, jacket. It looks messy. Yeah. It's a little dry brown jacket that bulbs Mm-hmm. Uh, grow to uh, protect themselves. So you can carefully, not with scissors or anything like that, but but if you just kind of touch the bulb gently and give it a little bit of a twiddle with your fingers, with my fingers, a yes. lot of that will fall off and you can just throw that into the composter and it just freshens up the whole look of the plant and they will start to grow and they should start with some nice big flower stems for you. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Thanks for calling. Merry Christmas to both of you. Thank, thank you, you very Norma. much. All the very best to you and yours there in St. Kitts. In St. Kitts. Yes. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, oh, you know, this doesn't happen very often. But, you know, people are so doggone busy with going from store to store, or house to house, and, you know, yeah. relative to relative at this time of year. We get a blank slate as I look up at the monitor. So uh, if you if you ever had the urge to call into the <laughs> garden show and talk to Charlie Dobbin, by all means, right now would be a super time to do that. <laughs> 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. You had mentioned something a little earlier before we came into the studio, mm-hmm. actually, that there's a special um, oh, event right. happening. There is. Good point. There's always some special event. But this one's quite special. It's the 120th year of the Christmas bird count. Ah. This is brought to you by Audubon. Mm-hmm. So it starts today. 
It's all across North America. And if it, I was listening to something on another radio station and they were talking about how this is done, like birders take their birding very seriously. Mm. So as an amateur myself, I would hook up with <clears throat> somebody who knows something in my area and then I would travel with that mm-hmm. person. They often do travel by car. It's a 15 mile radius. You have a specific date. And on that day, like people will spend like 24 hours, I think that day almost going round and round within their 15 mile circle, Uh counting numbers of birds and identifying species of birds seen and heard. And it's another part. It's like citizen science, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting. I mean, 120 years. But what's what's I think even cooler is that the reason this bird count started is because back in the day, Christmas was... Um, um, people would, would come together as a group mm-hmm. f- and celebrate the season by shooting birds, right? It would be like, let's go hunt birds together. That'll yeah. be our, mm. our outing, our fest, you know, festival, festival of killing birds. And they would kill, you know, thousands, right? That's where we saw birds becoming extinct because of the over hunting and they yeah. weren't doing anything with them. They were just shooting them out of the sky. So it was an ornithologist, a, a birder who's, who proposed instead of shooting the birds, we count the birds. And take photographs of them if possible. Well, it's 120 years ago. Not yeah. too many people had cameras. I guess. So it was count. It was ah, count right. instead okay. of shoot. And so it was very, now you're right. Lots of people are out with cameras, yeah. but it, it, it was just a, a twist, right? It was just yeah, a, yeah. a paradigm shift, as we say, from shooting them to counting them. And thank goodness, <clears throat> Audubon jumped on it and it's become a thing. I mean, it's huge. Yep. Birders take this very seriously. So there's lots and lots of people starting today all across North America on different days. So it actually runs right from December 14th till January 5th. So that this next three weeks all across North America, different areas are going to be part of the count. So if you're interested, very, very simply, just go to audubon.org or Google Christmas bird count. And it's a, it's a yeah, very big right deal. Up. And yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. If you go to the map, like I went to my area, so I go to the Belleville map and it comes up with the gentleman, Tom Wheatley. He's in charge. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, person who is a His the phone coordinator. number's included there and all. Yeah, right there. Please phone. He's the compiler, right? So the compiler, one person is in charge to compile and everybody gives all their data, wow. I guess, to that person. Very organized. But it's right there. He's given his email and his phone number. Contact him oh. for if you want to get involved oh. in the Belleville area. Okie dokie. Pretty cool. Eh? All right. I like it. Now, we better find out who next is online here. There we are. Ah, it would be Kim in Aurelia. Good morning, Kim. Hey, guys, how are you? Excellent. Okay. Good morning. How are Good. you? Good. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah, thank you. You betcha. You. Thank you. Same to you. Back yes. at you. Charlie, I just wanted to tell you, remember last year I phoned about my philodendron? Yeah. Anyway, you suggested a uh, tomato cage or whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah. It works. Oh, good. Oh, dead. Yes. It's the same age as me. I know. (laughs) I love it. I love people. 60. (laughs) Well, number one, they're they're. You know, kind of easy plants in a sense, but they're very giving back kind of plants because they, yes. you can abuse them a lot. You can put them in the dark, the light, you can ignore them, you can water them. And they, like they, you do to Frank, right? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Abuse is my middle name. <laughs> Poor he Frank. He likes to drink in the dark, I hear. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too, actually. <laughs> you rascal. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so your philodendron is, is happily perking along inside it's, that cage? Yes, it was a slow glow, go, but yeah. it, Getting back to normal. Oh, good. That's yeah. great. Good Cat to hear. took a bite out of it, but he didn't eat it. 
Oh, good. Well, it won't hurt them. It's not poisonous. Oh, good. But, Thank uh, you, Kim Cuzell. <laughs> Franklin Proctor. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Merry Christmas yeah. to Shirley, too, Frank. All right. Thank uh, you very much. Thanks I'm for the coming update. down that way next weekend. We're having our next weekend. Oh, good for oh, you. There you go. Okay. It's that time. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. And thanks for calling. Are you, Appreciate that. Are you getting some snow there today, Kim? Oh, I think she's, she's gone. Now, yeah, because yeah, it was it's rain here, well, but I think yeah, there is but a snow. little further north. Then a really, yeah, I think, it's yeah. more 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 chance of snow than uh, right here in town. That's for sure. Uh, have we got time? Uh, you know what? We better take a little bit of a okay. break here because uh, we've got a full house nice. online, and we'll be uh, going to St. Jacobs, a wonderful little town near Kitchener, Waterloo. Uh, very our very next uh, phone caller, Judy, is waiting online, and we'll have a chance to chat with Judy in just a couple of moments. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, let's get to Judy in St. Jacobs. Good morning, Judy. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Morning. My question is with regard to boxwood. I've got three boxwoods that have patches where they've been killed. Mm. Whatever is attacking them, is that going to die over the winter, or am I going to just have to pull these out? Okay, so you, um, this is fairly new, the, these dead spots, dead areas in the boxwood? Yeah, just this year. Right. So, unfortunately, quite recently, um, an invasive, so non-native blight has arrived in Ontario and is attacking boxwood. And so you will, it starts with little dots on the leaves, which slowly but surely become, they coalesce, become almost looks a bit like black spot at first. Like it looks on roses. They all look like yellowish white patches. Yeah. And then before you know it, the patches. So, uh, so how does it get there? So when were these trees, when were they planted? Oh gosh, five, six years ago. Okay. So they were probably fine when they came in because sometimes the blight will arrive on the, the boxwood. No, they've been perfect since and been mm. their uh, trim, you know, to, uh, into shape. So yeah, right. and all new growth each year. Right, right, just right. now it looks like some uh, like a dog peed on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So likely what's happening okay, I'm just trying to find okay, so to prevent boxwood. Okay, so do not shear plants especially during the growing season. Because that's when we open the wounds, when we actually cut the boxwood back, uh, that's when we open the plant to infection. Okay. Um, so here, so do not shear during the growing season. Prune, not shear boxwoods for managing size and shape during the dormant season. So no shearing with the big electric shears. Make it a pruning with nice sharp pruners. Um, if they must be pruned during the growing season, disinfect your tools between plants in an Will effort. patches return? Um, growth? No, likely. You're likely going to have to cut out what is currently all oh. yellow and brown. Yeah, you that may just spoils the total shape of yeah. them. Yeah. So you may want to pull them up. So whatever it is, they you don't know whether they go dormant or whether they just die off in the winter. The blight uh, is there. It is dormant in the winter, but it is there, and it is going to continue to be a problem unless the plant can outgrow the blight, and that is always an issue. And in the meantime, they look really silly. They, yeah. you know, they're yeah. going. Okay, so thanks. you might want to plan to just pull them out and replace with something totally different. Don't use boxwood. 
Okay. Okay, because that it's a real problem. This is a, a newly arrived disease, and there's huh. a lot of boxwood in Ontario. Yeah. That's not wow. much of it is looking pretty poorly. Well, not good news there for Julie. That's for sure. Yeah. Gosh. And there is a holly. <clears throat> Remember, um, Shane, um, Sean was talking about. Oh, you know what? I will find it. There is a holly. It's mm-hmm. a native Ontario holly that is used as the replacement or maybe it was Lindsay. somebody one of my my good buddies was giving me that that name i'm going to find that the boxwood replacement oh it okay. is a, it is a holly and it is native and it's going to give you that same evergreen small leaves and not get the, any of these blights all righty uh let's jump on the uh, qew and head uh, head a little bit toward the niagara area not quite uh, there stony creek though mm. lynn good morning welcome to the show Oh, good morning, Franklin. How are you? Good, thank you. Good morning. Hi, Charlie. Um, how will your amaryllis bulb is finished? What can you save it for next year, or what do you do with it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely save the amaryllis if you can. And the way to save it is as a green plant. It must be allowed to continue to grow leaves and sit in a sunny window and just be a big, green, messy plant all spring. And then if you can put it out for the summer, put it out for the summer. But it, if you, you want it to grow next year, you've got to fatten that bulb up by allowing those green leaves to grow. Some people go, no, I just don't have room. I don't have patience. I don't want this plant in my house. Then you just mm-hmm. throw it out into the composter and buy new ones next year. Okay, because we live in an apartment. Can it be put out on a balcony during the summer? Yes, absolutely, in the summer. It is a tropical plant, so it has to stay indoors until we're frost-free. But then, uh, for sure, by May or June, get it out on the balcony and, uh, again, allow it to be a big, messy green plant throughout the summer on your balcony. So just let it what, die off and just leave it in your house until May or June and then put it outside? No, don't. Well, see, the, the difference is that the flowers will finish, so there'll be no flower on your amaryllis, but if you stop watering the plant, the bulb, the pot, then you will kill the plant. So you do need to water it and you don't, the dying off part is the flowers being finished, but the leaves should not be allowed to die off. The leaves need to grow. Make okay. sense? Oh, okay. So just leave it in your house. Yep. I'll water it, and then as soon as the weather gets warm, put it outside. Exactly. And we'll continue to water it outside throughout the summer. And by uh, middle of August, you can stop watering and just let it go go to sleep, go dormant at that point. But for now, you have to keep it going, keep water as necessary. Okay, so when when do I bring it in? Around uh, October? Yeah, before frost. Oh, okay. All right. So it could be October. Yep. It could be any time you want to. It does need that time with no leaves, total dormancy, no water, dark. Doesn't have to be cold, just dark, dry. Yeah. Uh, and it's a good six to eight weeks that it needs to be left alone. And you can choose when that six to eight weeks is. It could be from mid-October right up until the end of November. It could be early October to the middle of November. But either way, you've got to allow it that, that time of a rest and then... We wake it up and it should bring forth flowers immediately. So what do you mean, what do you mean dark? Dark as in just tuck it in a corner and forget about it. It'd be, you'd be inside your house at oh, that point. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't okay, have to be like it. in, if you put it in the back of a closet, you'll probably forget about it. But, um, <laughs> but you know, there's that yeah. story about my dad and the amaryllis that he tucked into his underwear drawer and <laughs> it flowered. No problem. <laughs> right there with the underwear. Well, <laughs> it was gosh. dark in that drawer. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Oh, well, there okay, you go, thank Lynn. You very much. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for calling. You're welcome. And Merry Christmas to you. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here and then come back and uh, take a little side trip to Cambridge, Ontario. Say hi to Aldina. We'll be along with that call in moments here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, as promised, let's go to Cambridge and say hi to Aldina. Good morning, Aldina. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Yes, uh, I have a question about a Kalanko. Okay, yes. Cal- I would a, call, it's yep. a big one. It's actually three in one. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I had it outside all summer. Nice. And I could tell there was a problem. And it, it's fungal. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I repotted it in the fall. Mm-hmm. And then I had it sitting in the garage for a while before I brought it in to just, you know, get it used to not bring it in in the heat of the house. Right. But it continues with the fungal problem. It's got, now it's showing powdery mildew. Oh, mm-hmm. This summer it was more like a curled you know, a little curling on yeah, the leaves. on the leaves. So, yeah, I'm just hoping, is there hope for this? Um, okay, so just to be clear for our other listeners, uh, I would call it calancho. Some people call it calancoe, depending on how okay, we pronounce calancho. our Latin. So it's, yeah. and it's a very commonly sold flowering plant, even in obviously garden centers, but grocery stores uh, almost year round. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really quite a very lovely, cheerful, um, succulent plant. It's got those thick leaves. They're shiny green, but they are thick and that's what makes it a succulent. And this, this plant is able to store water inside those, those, uh, those leaves are storage organs for, for moisture. So the one way to kill a calancho is to overwater it because. Yeah, if, that explains it. <laughs> yeah. So if the roots are kept moist for too long and of course the plant is full of water anyway we start to see a decline through rotting and it'll start in the roots so i understand that's probably why you decided to repot it you were thinking okay i can take away some of the anything that smells bad because you'll smell when you take it out of the pot if there's rotten roots trim all that out fresh pot fresh soil full sun no water and and attempt to have this plant outgrow the fungus but um yes powdery mildew can be a real issue with and in any of our homes, we've got the heat inside the house and we don't have a lot of great wind and air circulation like we do outside. So to avoid powdery mildew, what we'll do is we'll get a little fan and we'll sit the plant in that nice sunny location, avoiding drafts from the hot air ducts, but we'll run a little fan on it just to keep the air moving oh, and be right. very careful yeah. with the watering. So, I mean, there, there is a possibility if you want to keep working on this plant is to cut it back. You're going to try and rejuvenate, uh, get new growth to emerge. Uh, like I said, cut way back on your watering, let it go bone dry between watering, full sun and get some air circulation going. And you never know, it might, it might come back. If the root has vigor in it, it might come back. If I was to cut it all the way down, mm-hmm. like removing every leaf, mm-hmm. then would that would it come back from the root? Well, that's what I'm saying. It could. It it's, could. It's possible if there's enough um, carbohydrate stored inside that root underground, it will come back. And of course, as I mentioned earlier in the show, starting next week, our days are going to get longer, and mm-hmm. all the plants are going to respond to that. So if there's if there's vigor in the root and the days are longer, we've got more light, many plants will start to respond with growth. Okay. So, okay, thank you very much. Good luck that. with that. Yeah. Thank, well, thank you very much. Let us know Aldina. how that works out. Um, I will. Yeah. Thank you. 
You're very welcome. All right. Yeah, I always remember you gave me a Calancho years and years ago. I don't forget what the occasion was, but whatever. You gave me a Calancho in the spring. And I kept it outside all summer. It bloomed nonstop. It was just such a wonderful, well, easy plant. Done a good job. You did a great job. <laughs> you chose a beautiful one. It was very, very appreciated. Oh, oh you see me reaching for the bell. Oh, huh? great, yes. great. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to another Charlie. There I'm This there. Charlie in Hamilton. <laughs> First time caller, too. Hi, Charlie. Hey, guys. How's it going? Excellent. Good, good morning, Charlie. Welcome to the show. <laughs> ah, thank you. I, um, I, um, that native holly you were talking about was uh, inkberry holly. Good point. Thank you, inkberry. Um, I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts. I'm catching up. Okay. <laughs> so I just listened to that one the other day. Oh, good. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah. Um, anyway, what I want to know is I have a hibiscus um, that someone gave me, oh, man, 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. So it flowers like once every three years, one flower. And we always just think because something special happens somewhere in the world. And we're like, we're getting that flower again. Look around, see what's happening. How can I, I've never had a south window, right. so it, the foliage typically looks pretty good, I, mm. I think, but um, uh, it never flowers. What can I do to this thing? So, like it's growing, gets bigger every yeah. year. Have you got a western window? Uh, you know what? It, it, the house I just moved into, yes, now we have some western windows. They're all bedrooms, uh-huh. um, so it, it might be tough to squeeze that because now it's getting pretty big, so it's a little tough to get it in there, but maybe I should be thinking about that, eh? <laughs> I would consider that. And remember as well, hibiscus, when they're happy, grow, as you know, and get bigger and bigger and bigger, and before you know it, they'll take over your house. So <laughs> so not now, because it's still December, but within the next six to eight weeks, plan to get out some nice sharp pruners, and assuming you've got that plant in as sunny spot as possible, and maybe even being able to move it by pruning it back into that western window. Okay. Do a, I would do a hard pruning on it. I would really oh, pick, nice. pick through. You want to open the plant up so that the new growth is to the outside. You don't want a lot of denseness in the center. Okay. And um, you can, at that point, when you're doing that pruning, uh, you could do some start fertilizing. Okay. So nice. a flowering plant fertilizer once a month. But do do this pruning with the intention that you're not going to prune again until the next spring. So it's okay. quite a hard pruning. And it's hopefully, <laughs> yep, exactly. You will okay. get some flower buds set. If not this spring, by, by mid to late summer, you'll have more than one bud set. Awesome. All now, right. is this something I should be bringing outside every year? Electric, can I do that whole process with it or don't even bother? Oh, if you can, they're much happier outside than they are inside. Well, maybe I'll do that too. I'll, I'll slowly bring it out into the north side and then, and then uh, but I'll still prune it, but I'll kind of do a mixture of of everything you said. Yeah, but yeah. And, but just plan that pruning as a one a one time event because you, yeah. you don't want to be tip pruning later in June and July because that's when you're going to take off your flower buds. Okay, right? awesome. So a hard pruning in February, March, and then you're good. And then outside, if you can, for sure. Okay, sounds good. Excellent. Sounds good. I'm going to and, do that. And yeah. Sorry, Thanks for sorry. that inkberry uh, tip. I've well, completely spaced out on it. <laughs> well, so listening to Sean James is how I started listening to you. So, right. so whenever you guys mention people, it's worth uh, jotting down the names and, and going over and checking out what they're talking about. Exactly. Hey, excellent. That totally works. And he knows this stuff. He's very yeah. sharp. Yeah, I've taken some courses with him at Landscape Ontario in the oh, past, yeah. and then just, you know, I, I listen to you guys, so yeah. I, uh, I jot everything down. And cool. Uh, That's terrific. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Nicely awesome. done, Charlie. Thank you for yeah. joining us. Thanks okay. for calling. Yeah, thanks again. See you have, later. have a Merry Christmas, yeah. too, okay? 
So we did have, yeah. um, this was, thank you very, again, Charlie. Uh, it was, um, Judy calling from St. Jacob's and uh-huh. anybody else out there who's got boxwood that are looking poorly suddenly in the last year, mm-hmm. the replacement plant, as Charlie remembered for me, is called Inkberry Holly. So ink, I-N-K, mm-hmm. berry, one word, right. is the common name. The proper name is Ilex glabra. It is a native plant. It's an excellent boxwood replacement, and it should be highly available this spring if you want that look, but you don't want to mm-hmm. get into the any more boxwood. Okay. That's the recommendation. All right. Uh, oh, we have well, one minute. One minute. One minute to go. <laughs> so we, we can't take any more calls. Uh, you did have. Do you have time for a uh, golly? I don't think so. No. Even, tell me what you're doing yeah. this afternoon because you're here in the, yeah. all this dank, uh, dr- uh, yes. wet, gray, dark <laughs> well, I'll day. Be bringing a little brightness and happiness, hopefully, to some folks from uh, two this afternoon to three thirty, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Got lots of fun, and I've got Frankie's funny bone. That uh, ah, good. that's a story that folks are going to get a kick out of. I think. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm I'm back, uh, of course, uh, tomorrow evening right. from seven through to eleven mm-hmm. with Big Band Sunday Night BBSN. Yeah, and you're I having love doing fun that with that show, eh? Oh, I'm having a ball with it. I just <laughs> I love the music. Yeah, I really you, just, do. Uh, you know, the Glenn Miller, Sinatra, the whole. Have ball you of always ice. loved that music? Or yeah, you, I really you're just have. Rediscovering no, it? No, no, I. But I. Doing more yeah. rediscovery. Because of the research things. you're yeah. doing. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's a great time. So you're humming along, bouncing oh, in your seat. Tapping, tapping my foot along the music. While you're writing scripts. <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. Yeah. Or, write, you know, thinking of great yeah. little details to fill yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. No, good it's, for it's you. interesting stuff. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Charlie. Have a really good weekend. Thank you, Duncan. Couldn't do this without your help or the great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.